This won't surprise anyone familiar with fantasy tropes, but goblins are angry little monsters, usually eking out an existence, raiding and stealing from the fringes of civilization. Each goblin is a tight-wound little ball of spite, and a menace that lives for petty cruelty and selfish indulgence. However, they kind of have a reason to be. Goblins as a race are often the butt of the joke and the run of the litter, and in a real cosmic sense, the goblinoid people were left holding the short straw. Not all goblins seek petty revenge for their lot in life, though, and many goblins have risen above their squalid origins. Playing a goblin can be a great excuse to be truly and selfishly chaotic, or it can be a powerful story arc for your little grubby monster to grow into a noble and selfless hero. Today's episode will hopefully help you decide which path to take. However, if it's chaotic evil, you cannot blame me when your DM asks why you're behaving this way. In the eyes of most civilized races, the goblins are on a borderline between person and vermin. They are perceived as savage thieves and opportunistic slavers, and sadly, the goblins often reinforce this perception. Goblins are often enslaved by larger, smarter, and more cunning rulers. Even their patron deity was enslaved, making their souls forfeit from their ancestral afterlife. In turn, goblins take every opportunity to gain the upper hand, and relish every opportunity to enslave those weaker than themselves. Goblins test defenses by stealing objects, and when they find weaknesses, they start stealing from people themselves. Outsiders are usually surprised to learn that goblin tribes are made up of a rigid caste system. At the top of each tribe is a boss, often a cleric to a goblinoid god or a cunning raid leader whose success has earned them respect, or a cunning backstabber who grabbed control when the last boss died, cause of death being natural causes. Below the boss are the families of Lashers, which are the closest thing to goblin nobility. Lashers have real skills like war strategies, spell casting, weapon forging, or any other skill that takes brains and genuinely helps the tribe survive. These skills make them worthy to hold the lash needed to whip the lower goblins into obedience. Yeah, it's a pretty literal name. Below the Lashers are the Hunters, goblin families that have the skill to wield a weapon but nothing further. They serve as actual hunters, wolf riders, and often as the soldiers and raiders in any goblin conflict. And below the hunters are the gatherers, responsible for collecting beasts and unfortunate people from their traps. They also farm, gather local foodstuffs, and cook food for the tribe. They aren't fighters, though. They're responsible for the stereotypical goblin cowardice, as they will run from danger and leave the fighting to the lashers and the hunters. Below the gatherers are the pariahs the weakest and the dumbest of the goblins that they have to offer. These outcasts are often given the worst jobs, like muckracking and cleaning, and their status is barely above that of slaves. They do, however, in true goblin fashion, love to lord their position over any unfortunates that the goblins happen to enslave. Goblins are short and weary goblinoids with flat faces, red or yellow eyes, bulbous noses, pointed ears, and very sharp teeth. Their appearance isn't helped by the lack of hygiene that they're usually known for, and they're often dressed in tattered, leathery rags or something of the like. Their skin color ranges from various shades of yellow, orange, and red, occasionally verging into green. Goblin tribes usually have a strong familial link, and most goblins of any given tribe usually share the same skin color. Goblins adore status symbols, and most goblins will bear some item or mark that in some way elevates them in goblin society. This could be anything from a piercing or a tattoo to some precious accessory pilfered from the outside of civilization. When making your goblin character, consider how long your goblin has been adventuring, if at all. 
Have they really found anything intriguing or have they learned from some other culture or are they fresh from the tribe and still covered in muck and grime? This is all stuff that's completely up to you and I really encourage you to take your time and think about this. Goblins have a lot of room in terms of role-playing opportunities. Goblins may well take some roots from hobgoblin naming conventions, but it's difficult to tell what's unique and what's a degradation of the tongue. Generally, goblin names are only a few syllables long and favor hard consonants and Zs. We'll, of course, throw some examples up on screen to let you know what we're talking about. Starting with your ability score increase, you get a plus two to dexterity and a plus one to constitution. Both of these are useful to literally any class, but are especially useful to dexterity-based martial classes like rogues, monks, rangers, and many fighters. As for your age, goblins reach adulthood at age 8 and live up to 60 years old. The goblin lifespan is definitely on the low side. Adulthood at 8 means you can play an adult who doesn't really have the life experience of even a human teenager, which is... So strange the more I think about it. Goblins are typically neutral evil, as they care only for their own needs. A few goblins might tend toward good or neutrality, but only rarely. Goblins are usually enemies and monsters, and cooperating with an adventuring party at all means you're going to be going against type at least a little bit. It'll be up to you to decide if you want to play as the rare good goblin or as a gribbly little monster that we kind of all know them for. Goblins are between 3 and 4 feet tall and weigh between 40 and 80 pounds. You're small-sized, and while that doesn't have a whole lot of mechanical effects in 5e, it does open up narrative opportunities. For instance, you may be able to gain cover where larger creatures can't, or find pathways too cramped for others to squeeze through. As for speed, I always imagine goblins being quick. I don't know if I'm the only one that pictures that, but mechanically they have a standard 30-foot speed. I think this represents them running with, like, little legs, but they're moving really fast. I don't, I, maybe I'm the only one that was weirded out by that. You also have standard dark vision, which is always nice to have. But with the goblins' emphasis on sneaky playstyles, I think you'll be a little bit more thankful to have this when you are without a torch. And then there's Fury of the Small, and this ability is pure gold as far as I'm concerned. The vast majority of threats you'll face will be larger than small-sized, and will be viable targets for your tiny wrath. It recharges on a short rest, and it works on spells, melee attacks, ranged attacks, whatever you're working with. You can just suddenly choose to pack some extra punch with it. I recommend that you use it early and often since a short rest recharge usually means you'll be able to use it every combat session. This is pretty much exactly two-thirds of the rogue cunning action ability, which presents some odd choices when making your goblin character. Having nimble escape means whatever class you play, you'll be able to hide and disengage like a rogue. However, if you actually play a rogue, this ability is essentially wasted. Goblins still make excellent rogues, but this ability also allows them to play other classes with a major touch of rogue-like playstyle thrown in there. And as for languages, you can speak, read, and write in common and goblin. Not the most useful second language out there, but most DMs will be able to infuse this into the campaign, at least in some small way. Now let's get into some goblin builds. Playing any class as a goblin is like adding a big dash of rogue to whatever you're playing. That bonus action hide or disengage can be useful no matter what you're playing. Goblins lend themselves to dexterity-based martial classes, but can also be used as the sneaky mode for many casters. While I encourage you to play whatever you want at the end of the day, here are some of the more optimized build ideas. Starting with the goblin ambusher, dexterity and constitution are already good pickups for a ranger, but the ambush sniper build that we've got going on here gains the most from the goblin's abilities. Use a short bow and take the gloomstalker archetype. 
you'll be able to take your shots and then fade back into the darkness with the Goblin Nimble Escape ability every turn. And because of the Gloomstalker's Umbral Sight ability, you'll be essentially invisible in the darkness, even to creatures with dark vision. This sort of build would normally want to dip two levels into Rogue to accomplish this, but taking Goblin as your race gets you to this shots from nowhere kind of combat style as early as level three. And then we have the Slippery Sword Fighter. Goblins make for excellent fighters to start with due to their bonuses to dexterity and constitution. To make the most of it though, try taking the Battle Master archetype and choosing the Goading Attack Maneuver. When combined with the Goblin's Nimble Escape, you can basically pop into combat, smack your enemy with a goad, and when you use the bonus action to disengage, you're safely away. Now your enemy has to disengage on all of their attacks for a turn unless they charge past your allies and suffer all of their attacks of opportunity. This build is great mechanically and gives you ample opportunity to mock your enemies as you dance around the battlefield and all of your buddies start taking pop shots at them. If you've DM'd as frequently or as long as I have, you will definitely understand the excitement you get when one of your players shows up with a goblin character. You kind of get the basic framework of what to expect, but because there's so much room in there to either do something completely off of what a typical goblin would do, or even the excitement of what an actual typical goblin would do, you're always going to have a fun time and your players are always going to have some sort of kinetic energy within the group to bounce off of. That is, unless there's a lot of goblins. Uh, that, that could be fun, but that's a big gamble. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you've created a goblin character that you're proud of, I would love to read about it down in the comments, as well as any other ideas you guys have for episodes that you would like to see from us here on the show. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out. Thank you.